Um, the calendar says today is December 25th, a day which has ended up marking the birth of Jesus. But be it on the 25th or any of the other 364 options, um, a day, uh, transformative day, has been established to recognize birth. There was a time before his birth, BC. There was a time after his birth, AD. But as I frequently share, much of the world is caught up in celebrating a celebration. And sadly, it is, it is permeated and leaked into uh, the homes of confessing Christians. For most, Christmas is a conflation of a lot of things. Let me just go out on a limb and say 99.9% of which have nothing at all to do with the birth of a savior in a backwater town called Bethlehem. We dream and we sing. This is how we sing. Candles burning low, lots of mistletoe, lots of snow and ice, everywhere we go. Choir singing carols right outside my door. All these things and more, that's what Christmas means to me, my love. Thank you, Stevie Wonder and CeeLo Green. Uh, I hear you, I hear you, particularly those of you in matching pajamas and drinking eggnog. I, I hear you. Pastor, what's wrong with candles? What's wrong with mistletoe? What's wrong with snow and ice? Maybe a sleigh ride or two. Uh, surely you don't have anything against carols being sung outside my door. Let me be very, 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 very clear. There is absolutely nothing wrong with any of those things, except, except maybe roasting chestnuts by an open fire, but that's, that's a personal thing. Uh, they smell, they, uh, but uh, anyway. <laughs> they do. Have you ever smelled chestnuts roasted by an open fire? They stink. Okay, <laughs> we sing a chestnut, it's like, God, okay. I can remember as a kid, uh, vinyl album, Johnny Mathis, playing that album over and over again. I, uh, I was probably five, six years old. And, uh, there wasn't a whole lot to do in Bakersfield anyway. So, but, but, but my parents had a council uh, where you lift up the lid and you put the record on, and I'd play it over and over and over. Mom, I mean, again, talking about nothing to do in Bakersfield, I remember Christmas. Uh, son, go grab that tumbleweed. I'm not joking. I'm not making this stuff up. Go, go grab that tumbleweed. We're going to spray paint it gold. We're going to hang some bulbs on it and put it on the bureau. That was our Christmas tree. Ah, uh, so much for Bakersfield singing and decoration. Ah, uh, 
But in the words of the Sesame Street jingle, one of these things is not like the other. <laughs> Just one of these things doesn't belong. See, but the problem is rooted in our difficulty of discerning which of these things is not like the other. No matter how long we sing the song. Um, let me put it another way. And, uh, and, and again, I, I promise I won't be too much of a Debbie Downer or whatever the male equivalent is. Um, Christmas and what we call life has been morphed and fitted into a box called feelings. Christmas and what we value out of life have been fitted, have been morphed and fitted into a box that's called feelings. When pressed, our tendencies is to make choices that are feeling-based rather than fact-based. Feeling-based rather than fact-based. There's a preference for feeling over fact. You think I'm wrong? It starts out with a kid. Take away the, the, uh, the ability to spontaneously buy something in the purchase aisle, in the, in the checkout line at the grocery store. I want this, you can't have it. Ah, you don't love me. You don't give me what I want. I don't feel loved. It's not, not much different from adults either. I mean, it's like tell someone, it's like, you know, you might want a mint. My breath don't stink. As I shared with Sister Meeks yesterday, I know four-year-old kids, and I've had the opportunity to meet some 40-year-old kids. Our immaturity isn't necessarily age-based. All these things and more, that's what Christmas means to me, my love. In the second chapter of Luke's Gospel, we read, In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to the, her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths, placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round, around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth, peace to those whom his favor rests. Glory to God in the highest heaven, 
and on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. See, the, the thunder following the lightning flash of Jesus' birth was a heavenly choir. That's incredible just to imagine all by itself. Um, that would be mind-blowing. And for most of us, that would be pretty much where the story ends. And if we're not careful, the majesty and the glory of the lights of the angels or the lights down the streets of the fabulous 40s, um, that might be enough to block out the message. Just kind of stops right there. But keep in mind, you look at the text. The angels weren't performing for the shepherds. They had already delivered the newspaper, so to speak. Today, a savior, your savior, the Messiah is born. That's the message. That, that's the message. Here, the angel and the host are praising God and saying something that most Christmas-inspired songs miss. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. This is not a general wish for peace. Read it again. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. Peace. Irene. Shalom. Not simply the absence of conflict, but a 360-degree embodiment of peace, spiritually, physically, mentally, socially, relationally. Why is it that we're singing about peace, we're desiring peace, we want peace, and suicides during this time of the year is the highest time at any part of the year? No matter how tasty the Christmas dinner, or how wonderful the gift, how joyous the family, what we call the joy of Christmas, it's at best fleeting. And more often, it just falls, uh, falls short of our hopes. If you've already opened up your presents under your tree, um, uh, you've probably experienced that little pain when you unwrap that last gift. It's over. <laughs> There's no more gifts under the tree. Guess we better clean up. Football on? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? It's like Charlie Brown's lament to Linus. I'm supposed to feel happy, but I don't. So let me try stuffing my life full of all of these things that promise happiness, maybe they'll work. Maybe if I see enough lights, buy enough gifts, bake enough hams and turkeys, invite enough people. Some of the loneliest people I know are people in crowds. You ever buy something that, you know, particularly, I'm not suggesting it, but uh, ever got bamboozled? Uh, buying something late at night, you know, those ab rollers, those, those. 
It promised you, boy, boy, if you just get this boy, the pounds will fall off. Yeah, if you count the money in your pocket. Yeah, it's like, yeah, the pounds will fall off. It's like, you're promised something. You go for the spiritual okey-doke, and then you find out it doesn't work. See, the heavenly choir was not singing about subjective peace, but objective peace. Not subjective, not what you think, not what you feel, but I'm offering you objective peace. Not the peace that is felt or perceived. They're announcing objective peace. What's that, you ask? It's a peace that just is. It just is. It, it just is. It, it, it's like, well, don't I have to feel something? No, it just is. It, it, it's objective peace peace. I like how the message version translates the verse glory to God in the height, heavenly heights. Peace to all men and women on earth who please him. Now even for you seasoned uh, Bible scholars, that has got to be one of the most awesome twists of the kaleidoscope to, 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 to give you a new view on the text. Because we read the text and we apply it and we apply it broadly. Well, with Christ coming, there's peace is going to reign. Well, why is all hell breaking loose everywhere? Peace to all men and women on earth who please Him. The peace, the arena, the shalom, the thing we crave is predicated on a relationship. Not being with the one you love. By the way, Josh, that's the Eagles when they sang, please come home for Christmas. You, know? <laughs> you, you, you can't, you, you talk about that guy with the top hat. And, uh, yeah, I haven't forgotten about that. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah. I tell him Pastor Meeks to stay in his lane. I was, uh, uh. Oh, that was a guy with guns and roses. <laughs> okay, all right. So, Pastor, it's like that. Yeah, yeah, it's just like that. It's just like that. I can't even say I wish you could feel it. No, it's, it's not based on your, your feelings. Remember what we studied just a few months ago. For those of you who weren't asleep and were taking notes, we stepped through Paul's letter. And in the fifth chapter, the first verse, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have... Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm closing. I really am, Sister Jones, so you might want to start making your way up there. Uh, <laughs> this is, it's, see, I, you guys, you want the matching socks and suits and eggnog and all. Uh, so here, let me just say this. I want you all to really enjoy the day. Really enjoy the day. Enjoy it like you've never enjoyed a Christmas day ever. This is a day to be celebrated. But let's celebrate the object of the day. Let's celebrate the object of the day. What are we teaching our children? What are we teaching our children? 
What, what are we teaching our children? I mean, we, we have to look ourselves straight in the mirror and say, okay, so, so by my words, by my behavior, by my actions, I am teaching them something. What are we teaching them? Uh, Gail could teach me a few things about cooking. Uh, and I am happy to, to be the, um, the, 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 the recipient of her taste checking. Yeah. Here, honey, I, I'm tired of tasting this. Here, you taste it. See, is there anything missing? I can't say that I've lied just so I could get a second taste, but uh, the, the thought did cross my mind. Uh, but don't be bamboozled uh, into eating, eating something where the recipe something has been left out of the recipe. And I've shared before, I share now. The evil one is evil, he's not stupid. The evil one is evil, he's not stupid. He's crafty, he's cunning, he's able to sprinkle in just a little bit of a lie into the recipe so it's almost indiscernible. It may even taste okay for a while. Gail likes those, 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 uh, those murder shows, you know, the Dateline and all that, it's like, you know how the story ends, somebody dies, okay? It's just, just dreadful. Uh, uh, I just can't watch it, I, I can't. I mean, <laughs> life is Dateline, I don't need to watch it. But she informed me, so Gary, if I, if, if I, if I pass, check Sister Meeks, she informed me that antifreeze is something that's not discernible and you can like slip it into someone's beverage. I'm just saying, that uh, may taste okay for a while, but the end is death. What are you saying? What I'm saying is, don't be conformed by what the world defines as peace, or even what you think is peace. Well, I think that, it, you know, this works best for my family. Well, this works best for me. What are we doing? What are we doing? Are we baking pies? What, who, what, 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 what are we doing? What, what are we doing? Don't be bamboozled by what the world is peddling. It will lead, take me at my word, it will lead to death. You will end up at a place, at a space. I've been eating, I've been trying, I've been doing, and I'm sick. Spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally. Glory to God in the highest heaven. And on earth, peace to, the, to those on whom his favor rests. Let's pray. Our Father, our God, again we say thank you. Thank you for Christ. Thank you for the knowledge that the, the peace we crave is only in and through you. There, there's, there's no other way. We can fake it. We can construct something. We can try something. But the peace that the world is looking for, the peace that many of us confess but don't live out, the peace is in you. It's only in you. 
It's a peace, Father, that gives us comfort when our tears are flowing. It's a peace that we have when the doctor says, I've done all I can do. It's a peace that spouses can't give, that children can't give, that jobs can't give, that only comes from you. Father, give us the wisdom to seek your face, to humble our hearts, and to bow the knee to you. We love you and we thank you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Let every heart say, Amen. let's stand. So glad to see you all today. Again, have the merriest, the merriest of Christmases. God willing, uh, you all, you all voted. So God willing, uh, we'll start the, the next year with halftime. So halftime, halftime, Catherine. Next year, halftime, halftime. So good to see uh, Eric Jr. Oh my goodness gracious! Good to see you, man. This is your home. This is your home, Rachel. This is your home. This is your home. This is you have inheritance here. This is your home. I I, I tell you all uh, that you have as much right and privilege as anyone here. The feast the feast has been prepared. The table is spread. All we have to do is come and eat. Let's bow. Our Father, our God, again we say thank you. Thank you for Christ. Thank you for these women, men, and children that came out to celebrate you, Father. Indeed, glory to you in the highest heavens. Thank you for the peace that rests on us. Those that love, adore, and have accepted your Son, our Savior, as our Savior. Be with us today. Let us have grand celebrations wherever, we, wherever our journeys take us. Give us your traveling grace. Watch over us and protect us. Thank you for allowing us to come up on the cusp of a, the close of another year. Father, just be with us. Be with us. We have no idea what 2023 holds. And if we did, Father, it would probably frighten us. But we have peace because you are peace. And we have you. Thank you, Father. It's in your son's name we ask it all. Let every heart say, yeah. hug somebody.